Welcome to Quarantine Spook Show. detectors and I was just like is this hell did we drive into hell if there was a dude in a hockey mask that showed up at the door I would just be like oh thank god it's just Jason Voorhees there's so much worse shit out there at this point not the first or last to say it but hell of a 2020 thus far some spooks prepared, some horror stories. I'll be pulling titles that I've never seen before. And I'll improvise the stories from there. The first title I pull will be the ep- name of the episode, which you can find on Podomatic or iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. And the second card will be the name of the first story. still sticking, but whatever. Name of this episode is called Spoon Killer. And the first story is Spankings for Days.
Helen would certainly remember them. For as long as she could. All the crazy shit that happened in 2020. She wanted to commit it to memory so she could tell her grandchildren about, about it or something like that. terrible things. It's hard to think, well, what could possibly scare me at this point? But that was before she went online. I was looking up articles about serial killers in the area. And apparently there's a spoon killer on the loose. The spoon, not like the spoon killer she's been reading about. There haven't been many reports on it, really, since the fire. There was just like one uh, short article just saying that it happened. Journalism was already weakened to a point. Couldn't really deliver any decipherable or valuable news. The articles had a shitload of typo typos, and you can tell that the journalists were just typing it up in bed or whatever. And there are no real news outlets that really delivered information that the public really needed to know. to a point that can doom the country for everyone. But in the meantime, she was worried about spoons. She developed a paranoia about the spoon killer. 
she just took all of her silverware and threw it outside of her house. And then quickly she changed her mind and then just took the silverware and just brought it, took, put it in a trash can and put the trash can up to the curb. She thought, no, wait, shit, if there is a spoon killer, they're just gonna dig through the trash and then get all the spoons that they need to commit those murders. So instead, she tried to load all the spoons that she threw and the ones that she put in the trash can and decided to just take it somewhere remotely. She had an inkling that the smoke and ash was cutting off her, her necessity to oxygen and was severely limiting her brain power. But she thought, you know, no, no, but the spoon thing is a legitimate concern and I should take concern in that. And maybe if you or I were standing next to her, we can just say, Ellen, just chill out. The last thing you probably have to worry about is a spoon killer. with her, we'd have our own brain cells cut off from the lack of oxygen. Among this smoke, there's really not a lot of room for sanity. So Ellen took her car with all of her spoons, driving a very far, deep distance. She ended up in the middle of nowhere in Washington. She didn't know if she, can, if she should go north, south, or west, or even east toward the coast to drop off these spoons. There's still a lot of fire and smoke all throughout the country at this point. Canada wasn't accepting any... Uh, people from the U.S. due to COVID, or at least America's poor response to COVID. So she just thought, well, if I can't go up north, where can I go? So she kept driving. It became less of a point of trying to get rid of the spoons and more of just getting some time to think unfortunately didn't serve her well because there was a lot of smoke in Washington too certainly of upwards to Seattle but she tried to she tried to think wildfires, and about what else 2020 can bring her in these remaining four months. Eventually she got sick of driving and she was just like, okay, I think I gotta, it's time for me to dump these spoons. So she pulled over in a woodsy area and then started digging with the spoon. She didn't have a shovel, 
She just got out of her car and she was like, fuck, I don't have a shovel. And she thought, well, okay, I guess I'll use these spoons, I guess. So she used the biggest spoon she had. The bakery spoon. I was just digging. Took her about an hour and a half to get a hole at the size that she felt was adequate to bury all these spoons. And she was wearing a mask, but still the smoke was getting to her. The stench of the ash burned from wood, metal, and flesh was getting all over her skin. breathe the more she dug but still she went for it and dumped all the spoons in and then just used her shoe and her foot to just slide in the dirt pile so that she no longer had any spoons eventually she was getting headache from all the smoke She was too dizzy to drive all the way back. And the smoke around her neck of the woods in Oregon was far more dense than where she was in Washington. So she thought, well, I'm all the way out here. Maybe I can stay at a hotel or something. And then she was just like, oh no, fuck, COVID. It's gonna be a pain in the ass, maybe. Maybe I'll just sleep in the car or something. So that's what she tried to do. She just pulled over somewhere that she thought was remote. Near the highway, but not too in sight. And just tried to sleep. The headache kept her awake. But she still tried anyway. She thought to herself, if I just stay still for a long period of time, then that counts as sleep. But in 2020, during around the smoke and all the wildfires, it's probably the best sleep anyone can get. slapping sound. Whap, whap. It was so rhythmic that she thought, well, this has to be human. This has to be a person. Could be a car, maybe? She could even hear it with the windows rolled up. Whap, whap. She listened again, then silence. Yeah, she heard it again. Whap, whap. 
sound was coming from the trees. So, against her better judgment, she decided to investigate. She got out of her car and then headed into the woods. these trees can catch on fire. These trees were not in the vicinity of any fires nearby, but it's not the most paranoid of thoughts that she had during that night. Whap, whap, she kept hearing it, and it got louder the more she walked. found the source of the wapping. It was a couple. One was bent over with his bare axe, and then his partner was just like smacking him with it, with a spoon. next to them and there is a whole pile of spoons that she buried. So Ellen thought, oh, they must have dug up all the spoons that I buried and now they're using it for whatever they're doing. Eventually they, th they saw Ellen and she was just like, oh shit, shit, sorry, I didn't mean to disturb. But then she kind of thought about it and was like, well, they are in the woods, you know, it is public technically. Just like, oh, 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 yeah, you don't, no, don't worry about it. Yeah, we've just been doing this for days. And then Ellen thought, days? And then one of them said, yeah, yeah, we've just been, you know, getting snacks at the nearby gas station. And then just, yeah, all the smoke has been cutting off our brain cells, and we've just been out here just smacking for days. It's been fucking swell. like, oh, okay. She can enjoy any kink as much as the next person, but there's definitely a distinct type of hysteria going on here, she thought. And then the spanker said, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's like doing a bunch of whippets, kind of, you know. All of our brain cells are getting cut off, and we're just like really going at it, you know. It's like ecstasy, like pure joy. And then Ellen was like, okay. Well, you two have fun. I gotta, I gotta get going. And then the spanker said, oh, where do you gotta go? And then Ellen said, oh, I just gotta sleep in my car. And then the spanky said, well, you can sit and watch if you'd like. You know, we don't mind. And then Ellen was just like... You know what, fuck it, I'm not gonna be able to sleep anyway. Yeah, sure, I'll watch. So she sat and watched him, uh, taking a turn spanking each other until, until it was dawn. 
what she thought was dawn because she couldn't see the sun. And during the whole session, she's ready to head back to her car at dawn. And as she walked back, with the few brain cells that were really processing, she just thought, well, it's not the weirdest thing I've seen in 2020. This next story is called Three Potatoes Plot to End Humanity. Tim, what's going on? And then Tim was just like, oh, you gotta come over here, man. It's really fucking bad over here. And then Theo just said, alright, okay, I'll be right over. <clears throat> and then Tim hung up. Theo was packing his shit. The fires were rampaging California and Oregon. Firebase emergency could be smoke. Maybe something about his pets, who knows? So Theo grabs some of his fire safety gear, some masks, you know. As much as as much emergency supplies he could pack. In one car load. And then he rode on to Tim's house, which was only a ten minute drive. were on. So Theo went up and knocked on the door like, Tim, Tim, you there? Let me in. And then Tim answered the door holding a handgun. And he says, oh, Theo, thank God. And Theo, and then Theo said, yeah, yeah, what do, you, what do you need? And Tim was just like, come in, hurry, hurry. And Theo closed the door behind him. Tim just uh, said, oh, I can't keep my eyes off them for a second. And Theo was just like, oh, what? And then Tim said, them. 
And Theo looked at where Tim pointed, and there's just three potatoes sitting on the table. Theo was just like, the potatoes, okay. And then Tim was just like, no, no, no. They're trying to end humanity. You see, they, they set the fires. Theo's like, um, the potatoes. And Tim was just like, yeah, yeah, I can't, can't take, I can hear them, I can hear their plots. You know, I'm not the only one gifted with potato voice, you know. I, you know, I gotta, I gotta save humanity and just like keep these potatoes at bay, you know. And Theo just said, alright, Tim, you know, this smoke and ash is really getting to everyone here. But I think the lack of oxygen has really taken a toll on you, you know? I don't think these potatoes are plotting to end humanity, or even start the fires. I just think you're cracking a little bit, and hey, I'm not judging, you know? picked up my friend Ellen from Washington after, you know, she was kind of just like wandering around the woods for days, but that's another story. But Tim, I think you're kind of, let's, how about we sit down, maybe, maybe give me, give me the gun, you know, Theo said, and Tim said, no, 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 I gotta, I gotta, gotta keep my eye on these potatoes, okay? said, all right, Theo, let me ask you this. Do you know how to kill a potato? And Theo said, no, I, I don't know how to kill a potato. And then Tim said, well, neither do I. That's the whole thing. I don't know if bullets can do it. I don't really know a lot about potatoes. I don't know what about them that constitutes his life, and therefore I do not know how to end a potato life. Say I do shoot them, and say I bury them. Do you know what happens when you bury them? And Theo just kind of shrugged, kind of knowing the answer, but also not really caring about a potato lore from a, what he's deeming as a madman with a gun. And then Tim said, well, they grow more potatoes. Plot to end humanity thickens that way. So no, I can't let these potatoes out of my sight. And then Theo said, alright, well, then why do you have a gun? Tim looks at it, and he looks at Theo, and he's just like, I don't know, I don't have any other ideas. And then Tim starts to cry. And then Theo's like, okay, okay. Take it easy, just relax. You know, sit down. And Tim's just like, but potato, the, but, but the potatoes. And Theo's just like, we can still keep an eye on potatoes, but you can you can do it sitting down, right? It's not like the potatoes can lunge at you or anything. And then Tim said, okay. Not that I've seen, but definitely still keep my eye on them. 
Theo said, Tim, when was the last time you slept or ate? And then Tim said, uh, at least 30 hours for each. And then Theo said, all right, how about I just, like, cook some stuff, you know, just a simple meal, maybe make you a sandwich, you know? Something to hold you off while you're, like, on guard. Hey, have you considered eating the potatoes? That would probably kill them. And then Tim said, no, no. If I eat the potatoes, their consciousness will possess me. I've seen the lettuce do it, and I don't, wanna, don't want that to happen with the potatoes. And then Theo said, okay, sure, sure. Well, I'm gonna get started on that sandwich, okay, buddy? So Theo was making that sandwich, and he was just like, oh, what the fuck am I gonna do about Tim, you know? Really gotta help him out somehow. Wish I had, like, an oxygen tank or something, just so we can get enough brain cells to just drop this, you know, this crazy act or whatever. So Theo finished making the sandwich. Tim. Tim started munching on it, still keeping his eyes on the potatoes. And Theo said, Alright, so Tim, I don't want to put pressure on you or anything, but what do you intend to do with these potatoes? What do you plan to do next with them? plug in the laptop outlet. Ah, the smoke really fucking is getting to me. So then Tim said, ah, well, Theo, I'm glad you asked. See, you called some help, you know, not just you. I just need some help from you so I can greet our guest. And Theo said, what guest? And then Tim said, Well, I told you I didn't know how to kill potatoes, you know. I like your idea of eating them, but... I'm not personally satisfied with that. See, I put up a Craigslist ad for some help. And then Theo just said, oh, you uh, called Craigslist? And Tim was like, yes, yes, I did. this Craigslist ad. And then Tim said, well, I need an expert killer. Because potatoes aren't like you or I. Potatoes are smart. Potatoes are cunning. 
potatoes would wear masks during a pandemic if they needed it. Potato thought to himself, well, I, I guess that would be true. Tim said so, I went on, on Craigslist. So I decided to seek out the Spoon Killer. He's been making attacks around the region. So I thought if anyone could help, it could be him. And Theo was just like, you made an open call for a serial killer to come over? Tim was just like, that's exactly what I did. And Theo, the reason why I called you over is because I need your help to keep your eye on the potatoes while I greet our guest. And Theo was just like, uh, Tim, I don't, I don't want any part of this, you know. The guy's probably not even going to answer anyway, and if he doesn't, then some other, you know, some other killer person might, or someone really deranged, you know? And then Tim said no, he answered. He said he's coming over tonight. And like the little bio thing for the ad, I said, hey, no, hey man, no questions asked? And he was like, yeah, cool, I'm down with that. So yeah, he didn't say what time, but he should be over, you know, any, within the hour, maybe. And Theo was just like, Tim, what the fuck? And Tim was just like, look, you don't understand these potatoes like I do. Ever since these wildfires started, all the potatoes in my house have been gloating about the forest burning. Mocking the humans for planting pine trees that's easy to burn for the sake of a fast growth after logging. And Theo said, that's because the oxygen is getting cut off from your brain. Come on, man. Now, I don't know how long the smoke is going to stick around, but you got to just like chill the fuck out for like a couple weeks, you know? Just think about this shit. said, no, Theo, I'm thinking rationally, you know, we have to prepare. You know how the phrase doomsday prepper just kind of turned to the phrase prepper? That's because this shit is real, you know? And Theo was just like, all right, well, if you want to just, you know, if you want to have, like, your tantrum or whatever, then I just, I can't, I can't be a part of it. And then Tim was like, no, Theo, I need you. Here, take this. And then Tim handed Theo the handgun. Tim said, I need you to wash the potatoes. Okay? And then Theo was like, Tim, no, no. And then Tim was like, look, look, you have the handgun now. I'm not deranged. You can do with it what you want. Alright? But I'm trusting you. Okay? Please keep your eye on these potatoes. And then suddenly in that moment, he heard her knock at the door. And Tim said, oh, that must be him knocking. And he patted Theo on the shoulder, and he said, I'll be right back.
just watching the potatoes. Pointing a gun at them, just being like, uh, do they even react to this at all? starting to feel ridiculous. He didn't like holding a handgun at a minimum mental capacity. You know, whether it was smoke or PTSD, he didn't want anything to do with it. So he was just like, fuck it, I can't do this. to the front door and he sees Tim and then a man stand there with his with the surgical pandemic mask on. He's just like, Tim, I can't do this. I gotta get out of here, you know. Here, take the gun, you know what? You know what no, I'm taking the gun. Like I am just gonna toss it somewhere. You need to like chill out for a week. And you I don't know who you are by you know, responding to this Craigslist ad, but you gotta you gotta leave too. I'm I'm pretty fed up with the situation. thought you were watching the potatoes. And then Theo just said, Tim, I'm not watching any fucking potatoes, alright? And then Tim said, but I thought you said, oh no. So he rushes to the room where Theo was, and then he screamed. Theo ran in after him. And the potatoes were gone. shouted at Theo, I thought you said you'd watch them. And then Theo said, I didn't promise anything, you know? I don't... Or, I, I, look, man, I don't know where the potatoes went, alright? Whatever. Tim was just like, oh my god. They're out there. surgical mask was just like, hey man, you know, potatoes have been plotting the end humanity since, like, the beginning of humanity, you know. It's not the worst thing to worry about to let three potatoes get away. And Theo was just like, who the fuck are you? And then the surgical mask guy was just like, uh, no one, you don't gotta worry about me. If there's no potatoes to dispose of, then I guess I'm not needed here, I'm just gonna head out. And then Tim was just like, oh fuck, oh fuck. Oh, we gotta look for them though. And Theo's just like, no, we don't have to look for them. Just, you know, just let them go. And then Tim said, so you admit that they scampered off, that they're sentient, and that they can escape. And then Theo said, no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that at all, man. Just... You know, potatoes aren't plotting anything, you know? Just fucking leave it be. And then Tim grabbed two flashlights and handed one to Theo, and he said, Here, help me look for them. You can do that at least. So they went to the backyard. Tim was looking around for the potatoes to see where they scampered to. Theo also had his flashlight on. 
both had masks because the backyard was shrouded with smoke. Tim was getting a little paranoid. He's just like, oh, I don't want to, I don't think I can be around this, you know? The smoke's really getting to me. I should really be like fucking indoors, you know, with an air filter or something. But they're all bought out at the market, so I'm just kind of fucked in that regard. Shit. Tim was looking, he was trying to dig through dirt to see if the potatoes buried themselves on the ground. Eventually, for about 20 minutes, Theo just said, Tim, I'm just I'm just gonna leave. And then Tim said, No, no, we gotta we gotta keep looking for this stuff. And then Theo was just like, look, Tim, I think you're lost your shit a little bit. I'm gonna take the gun from you. If you want to crash in my house for a little bit to just cool off, you can. I can try to help you out in any way I can. But you gotta just, like, fucking relax, alright? Can you tell me to, like, tell me you'll cool down, please? And then Tim was just like, well, I haven't, I guess I haven't slept in a while. Theo's like, yes, you actually need some sleep. It's pretty late at night at this point. And then Tim was like, but I, I can I can look for the potatoes tomorrow. They couldn't have gone far, you know. I can walk the neighborhood, the yards, and I'll, I'll find them. I'll find them. It'll be harder for them, even under the ash and stuff, so they couldn't have gone far. And then Theo's just like, whatever, just, like, stay safe, try to, like, you know, try to mind the smoke. We'll get through this, alright, buddy? And Tim was just like, alright, I, I guess so, sure. It's like that spoon guy said, you know, potatoes are always plotting to end the earth. The humanity, at least. And then Theo's just like, was that actually the spoon killer, serial killer? And then Tim was just like, I don't know, man. I just, I just met him. He just showed up. Maybe he was a spoon enthusiast or a potato vanquisher. I have no idea. And Theo was just like, all right, well, I'm gonna get going. And Tim was just like, fine, go. So Theo ended up leaving the house. And they got back into his car. And now from his pockets, he pulled out three potatoes that he was meant to watch and the ones that he found in the backyard. And he said, ah, don't worry, babies. We're in this together. Apparently the uh, lack of oxygen affects your sanity episode. God damn. Alright. This next story is called... Smokey the Bear Takes a Nap. 
Smokey the Bear woke up to his least favorite smell, the smell of smoke. around him were on fire. He ran out of his little cabin in Oregon. Saw all the trees around him. as fast as he could, being a anthropomorphic bear and all. He could run pretty fast. He grabbed his overalls and his hat, bolting for any safe haven in the woods. But again, being engulfed in flames, it was hard to find refuge. to memories when when he was a kid, you know, a young bear, just a cub. And people from the National Forestry Service rescued him from a boring, from the burning woods. He was burned up and all smoky. So they decided to name him Smokey. Smokey being so inspired by the forestry service. He just thought, I'm gonna be a mascot for myself of not having wildfires, because I understand this devasta the devastation that they can cause like no one else. Some people liken his story to uh, that of Worf from Star Trek The Next Generation. When Worf was rescued from the Federation, rescued by the Federation from Romulans after being separated from his parents. And then Worf decides to enlist himself in a starship of his own. Smokey the Bear kind of likened himself to Bruce Wayne. He saw his parents murdered outside of a theater. And then devoted his life to fighting crime. And protecting the city of Gotham. Smokey the Bear thought his cause was noble. But he knew that a lot of kids just either didn't take him seriously, you know, just from the goofy posters he's on, you know, or just didn't listen to him at all.
because Moki the Bear knew that his quest was noble and true. And in times like these, when he was surrounded by the flames that almost killed him as a child, he knew that his quest was noble. So after running for a while, he eventually finds himself a highway where he sees firefighters parked. And Smokey's just like, what the fuck happened, man? So he's speaking to the chief firefighter and he's just like, well, the fire started in California and now they're spreading to Oregon and there's smoke everywhere and a lot of regions around the country are experiencing it, whether it's remote islands up north in the Far East. This wildfire is really devastating the country, and we're really doing all we can. And then Smokey's just like, oh, I take one fucking nap and this happens. And Smokey's just like, alright, give me a hose. So eventually, Smokey spends that afternoon with the uh, League of Firefighters, both the registered firemen, and both the prison laborers who enlisted in it, and they were going off, putting off the fire. contain the fire that uh, wakes Smokey up and burns down his cottage to the point where they start sending firefighters from other parts in the state Smokey's just like taking his hat and he's just rubbing the sweat off him trying to trying to feel like his lifelong quest wasn't in vain. He understood that a, that wildfires were natural to a degree. And he didn't feel compelled to fuck with nature. But as far as the reckless firefighter, the reckless fires caused by humans, whether it's by a firework in the woods, by really flammable pine, pine trees uh, hastily planted after a logging sweep. It was the human-caused wildfires that he detested. And they also amplified since climate change was really taking its toll on the earth, making the seasons hotter for many regions around the globe. Smokey just thought, thought, huh, fucking humans, when will they learn, you know? I tried to live with them a little bit, but somehow they're just not getting the message. Because only you can protect wildfires. He said this to himself, trying to, like, pep talk himself a little bit. 
Zoe stayed with a friend uh, somewhere in Oregon named Beatrice. And he wakes up that morning, and Beatrice is like, oh, Smokey, do you want any coffee or anything? And then Smokey's just like, uh, yeah, sure, sure. So they drink it together and look out the window, and then Smokey's just like, uh, usually I like to sit out on the you know, sit outside. I got like a nice little lawn chair that I had outside my cabin just to, you know, embrace the trees and nature and stuff. Sometimes I go out and do bear shit, but there's just smoke everywhere, you know. And then Beatrice trying to find a way to respond that's to be sympathetic from sympathetic to Smokey's plate. She just said, yeah, it literally does look like hell out there, doesn't it? And then Smokey said, yeah, yeah, it does. So Smokey drinks his coffee and clams it down. He's just like, all right, I'm going back out there. And Beatrice is like, going, going back out where? And then Smokey said, well, I gotta, gotta take care of the fire, you know? It's not enough to just say, hey, don't cause wildfires, but when true disaster happens, you have to act. said, oh, well, Smokey, are you sure? You know, there's, I don't know, it's just, it's hard on everyone. 2020's been a rough year. Are you sure you don't want to, like, rest a little bit? And then Smokey just looked at her and said, I can't rest while, sm while fire is ravaging my home. So then he storms off, gets in his pickup truck, his blue pickup truck, not a, you know, not a long story. Gets in his blue pickup truck and then drives up to another part of the fire in Oregon, in Clackamas County. And he helps the firefighters there start to set off fires. is a promising trajectory uh, that the fires will be put out eventually. The fires will run their course as Smokey was expecting them to. But to him, he wasn't satisfied until we, they were out. go by when Smokey's just crashing uh, firefighting campaigns, getting exhausted, smoke's really getting to him, he's reliving his childhood trauma, and trying to compensate for it by fighting against what caused it, just like Batman or Bruce Wayne. 
other firefighter with, that's with him. He just says, hey, Smokey, you're, are you okay? You, look, you don't look so good. And then Smokey's just like, no, I gotta, I gotta keep going. I gotta, gotta put out all these fires. Only you can protect wildfires. Only you can prevent wildfires, I should say. Firefighters just like, Smokey, you're okay? You're fucking up your slogan and everything. And Smokey's just like, no, no, it's fine, you know. Smoke's not getting to me or anything, you know. I'm not delirious. I gotta, I gotta keep fighting these fires, you know. And the firefighter says, well, you know, Smokey, you know, don't you think... You know, you don't want to get burnout or anything, you know. If you start getting burnout, if you're... If you're too uh, viscerally exhausted, you know, you're not going to be effective at all in putting out fires, you know. Your judgment's going to skew, you know. You've spent your whole life trying to prevent wildfires, both by uh, releasing posters and campaigns about it, touring schools, and also fighting the fires themselves when they happen. I remember when you were around during the Eagle Creek fire, you know, a couple years ago. And then Smokey said, yeah, I guess that's, that's true, yeah. And then the firefighter said, oh, you should, you know, really, Smokey, you should really, like, take a rest or something. Smokey running out of breath. It's just like, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe I should. So he gets into the, uh, the fire truck. He's just, like, sitting in the passenger seat. And the firefighter just said, Oh, just, just take a nap. Just relax. And Smokey said, Okay. Hey, you know, you're, you know, you're pretty wise. You know that? And the firefighter said, Yeah, prison will do that. And Smokey just, like, laughed a morbid laugh. He knew it was insensitive, but in trying times, what isn't? Smokey said, yeah, I spent all my life fighting it. And I'll continue to fight until my dying day. But at least for now, I can rest at least a little bit. And then, Smokey the Bear took a nap. That was less of a horror story and more of a character study of uh, Smokey the Bear and a uh, an iconic figure in American culture, and yada yada yada. And only you can protect wildfires, because it's fucking all over the West Coast. Uh, it's fucking awful. Moral of that story, I guess. This last story is called Necroweed.
Christopher was watching some news clips on his phone. He was watching live footage of Smokey the Bear trying to put out these fires. Apparently a firefighter that was resting was filming Smokey just taking the hose himself and just putting out the fires. Christopher was watching, he was just like, oh yeah, very, very admirable, you know, that Smokey, that Smokey the Bear would actually practice what he preached. So few people did that. Meanwhile, Christopher was thinking about his own life, and he was just like, oh, as they watch all these people fight for what, what they believe in, whether it was Christopher, whether it was uh, Smokey the Bear, Fighting the wildfires that displaced him as a child. Or all the BLM protesters. Perhaps I'm not doing enough. And then Christopher thought about it, and he was just like, No, I kill people with spoons. I, I, that's doing my part adequately. It was true. Christopher was the well-noted spoon killer that was ravaging Oregon in the Northwest for the past two years. No one knew his identity. He almost even re responded to a Craigslist ad about helping a random guy kill some potatoes with, with spoons. But eventually some rando responded to that, so... Christopher the Spoon Killer, you know, it's just like, oh, okay, I guess I'm not doing that then. But no, Christopher the Spoon Killer, just, you know, spent his days doing random freelance marketing work to get by, and spending his nights out with the spoons. Trying to murder people, because he was the notorious spoon killer. But now he, uh, it's hard for him to go out to the smoke and kill people with spoons but he was only he only had one success of spoon murder uh, just because just because it was smoky doesn't mean he didn't just because it was smoky out and the air was toxic that didn't mean he wanted to just throw his life away he didn't want life to pass him by wanted an adequate amount of spoon killings every year. That, to him, that was his evidence that he was alive, that he was a person, doing what he loved. Good old-fashioned spoon murders, you know. Sometimes in the eye, sometimes through other orifices. Christopher lived humbly 
Just did random ass freelance works just to get by. Committed spoon murders as his passion. And grew cannabis. Because he liked to get high. However, he was concerned. Since these wildfires happen, his garden has been getting all smoky. He was worried how it would affect the crops. He was still new to gardening, you know. But he certainly cared about it. And he did love growing weed. Because after each season, he had a shitload of weed and didn't know what to do with it besides smoke it. So during this time, during the wildfires, as ash was falling from the sky, ash from burning wood, ash from burning metal, and ash from burning flesh. He would, he went out and uh, decided to harvest a stalk. It wasn't quite time yet, but god damn it, he wanted some bud. So he started to pull at it and noticed that the ash was getting embedded into the into the bud, into the weed, into the marijuana, into the cannabis, which he colloquially called it. He called it weed when he was a kid, but as an adult he called it cannabis. But as he was harvesting it that night, while watching uh over the garden wall on TV as background some Batman movies or one Batman movie an animated Batman movie uh, the one about the Red Hood Under the Red Hood, that was it or uh what's his name was uh, voicing the Joker not the usual Mark Hamill his knowledge of Batman lore was failing him but he was watching Batman shit while he was harvesting this weed. But as he harvested, he noticed that the ash was getting embedded into, into the bud. It was very much like mortuary ash. This was cremation ash. This particular ash that embedded itself into the cannabis he was sure was from human flesh. So he started to laugh, and he was just like, Ha! Huh, I'll call you Necroweed. Eventually he put all the bud in a little, in a, in a nice sized jar. He was surprised how much he could pull based, based on it being early in the season. But he had a feeling that the ash would really make it special.
so eventually he decided, you know what, it is a wildfire. It's not the most wisest thing to smoke right now. But God damn it, God damn it, I'm gonna smoke this weed. Because I'm a serial killer and my critical judgment is a bit more subpar than everyone else's. inhale was the best weed he's ever tasted. He had a great time on it the first time he smoked it. Often he went for tincture and all that, to vaping. And he loved growing cannabis himself. But he was surprised how good it tasted. He was just like, ah. Oh. Let me try that again. Christopher the Spoon Killer had grown the best weed he ever tasted. sat on his couch for 40 minutes, unaware of how fucking high he was. That's how good the weed was, this necro-weed. This weed mixed with the ash of human flesh, steel, or wood from the forests. Christopher the Spoon Killer couldn't feel time pass. He was just like, oh my god, this is the best fucking weed ever. He was just so stoked about it. Everything was more colorful. Thoughts were more enigmatic and profound. feel like he could see the deeper layers of society and human behavior that he could never detect before, just like when he first started smoking. And he was just like, oh, I never thought I'd be this high again. He was ecstatic. how sleepy it made him, so he was just like, oh, I guess I'll fucking go to bed, whatever. So, but instead of going to bed, he just went and got a beer and started drinking it on the couch. And he just kind of dozes off there, you know, in a very blissed and plastered state. Thank you. 
So in his sleep, he hasn't he hasn't been dreaming much. But he suddenly wakes up feeling a tapping on his forehead. Whap, whap. He gets up in a jolt. He's just like, oh, what the fuck was that? sleep again again in the uh, eternal blackness of dream into that deep dark abyss he feels it again whap 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 all over his body and he gets up and he's just like oh what the fuck what the fuck he gets off his couch looks around his room no one's in it but him he lives alone Christopher, the spoon killer, is just like, all right, just calm down, Christopher, calm down. Don't freak yourself out. Just because it's good weed doesn't mean you should get paranoid. It's legal in Oregon. There's really no re reason to get paranoid except for your own hang-ups. And you don't have any hang-ups because you frequently kill people with spoons, so don't worry about it. And then for a third time... He tries to fall asleep. This time in his bed. And at first it's a peaceful sleep. One of the best nights of sleep he's had. Despite the smoke. Covering his home. Affecting his brain cells. And as he drifts off. He feels it again. All over this time, all over his body, whap, 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 just a, a bunch of tapping just everywhere, a bunch of light little slaps, he could feel it on his flesh and on the inside of his body as well, just like the lightest of tapping, it's not that painful, but it's just like very irritating and annoying, and it's just everywhere, and it's making him itchy and making him feel crazy, so he just storms off, he rushes, rushes into his bathroom and then closes the door, feels the same tapping on the outside of the bathroom door. You know, tap, 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 tap. It's a myriad of tapping on the bathroom door. And outside the bathroom walls, he's just sitting there paranoid, just trying to... sitting on the toilet trying to cope with all these apparitions coming after him. And he's just like, is this the paranoia of the necroweed? What's going on? bathroom floor in a fetal position. He's just like, make it stop, make it stop. Eventually the sounds die down. And he's just like, oh, is it over? So Christopher the Spoon Killer. High on necro weed. Exits his bathroom looks out into the hallway, into his living room, and he sees what's causing all the tapping.
together all of his victims, all from the past several years, the past two in the Pacific Northwest. And they're all holding spoons, and they're all glaring at him. Apparently getting high on the ashes of the dead, causing to see apparitions from his past. Perhaps apparitions that have been following him since he murdered them with spoons, waiting for an opportunity like this. He's looking around at the dozens of victims that he's killed with spoons. Some of, them are some of them are missing eyes because he dug their eyes out with spoons. Some of them are missing flesh, other body parts. Because even after their deaths, he still used a spoon on them to dig out pieces of them off. Christopher the Spoon Killer looking all through the faces of his victims. And he just, the only sentence he could muster was just, at least make it quick. And all the apparitions just shook their heads very slowly. And then they pummeled him whacking at him with spoons, poking, up, poking him with them, digging at his flesh. And also, Christopher was still really high, so it was a very unpleasant experience under cannabis. Even cannabis that's influenced by the ash of the dead. tapping and the poking. He was feeling all of their pain. But all through a very long increment of time. Christopher the Spoon Killer. Thought about that YouTube video with this with another spoon killer. I thought that was a light hearted version of what he did. But he did it quick and efficiently all of his victims and all the spoons he went through. He just looked up at the ceiling. But being pummeled by spoons and upon his dying last moments of life he just thought I suppose I, de I, suppose I deserve this. Quarantine Spook Show.